Good evening from Plughead Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 481 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for October 22nd, 2017. A proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Apple's preventing their own sales, Microsoft's preventing cheating, and uh, you need to protect your Wi-Fi. This here is uh, F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the uh, flagship show on the Plug It's Live family of content. And wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, uh, Google Play Music Podcasts for Android, the myriad of other uh, podcatchers on all of the platforms, our live stream partners, uh, whether it be live stream or Periscope, Mixer, or uh, Twitch, or of course on our apps, pluggitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, there are two ways that you can do that. You can join us live Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you will see uh, both the stream uh, directly from Mixer or uh, links to all of our partners, and of course the chat room. And Avram and I love to get uh, input on the topics as we're talking about them, especially during the uh, Pilch Point, which uh, will be on in just a little bit. And Avram is going to warn us about a sales tactic that uh, they can get you when buying a new laptop. Uh, but we, we love to get input during the show. But it's okay. If you're not able to join us on Sunday nights, uh, you can subscribe to the show by going to plugitslive.com slash subscribe. There you will see all of our shows. This one, the Pilch Point, our special events feed, which uh, is about to get going again with some special events over the next couple of uh, months, including uh, kind of culminating in CES in January. Uh, our first looks, which we just published, I think, 20 episodes uh, this week. Uh, and then the other series that are there as well. Um, definitely check those out it it helps us out a lot um i think that is the fastest i've gotten through the spiel in a while hey abram how have you been hey good <laughs> good pretty good you know we're starting uh to follow up on last week we're starting to get more eighth generation core laptops coming in and uh the results are really impressive uh that's great I put up uh, we did some additional tests on the XPS 13 we discussed last week, and uh, it looks even faster. And you know, the more you look at it, uh, so definitely uh, my short piece of advice before our regular segments is uh, get an eighth gen core laptop. Um, <laughs> you know, but speaking uh, of eighth gen core, I would like I I have to congratulate you for uh, managing to keep quiet last week. When I mentioned that I'd love to have a Surface Book with an 8th Gen Core, and I know that Mark must have had his hands on that for longer than, like, eight minutes when he posted his thing. Wait, wait a sec. That wasn't Mark. That was me. Oh, was that uh, you? Yeah. I thought he, I saw okay. Mark's name on it. Okay, you. He, Great. He Even better. things a lot. Okay, so, look, part <laughs> of the job... I hate to say it. Part of the job is sometimes we go to events that are under embargo. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, people will be talking about stuff. And you got to be, you know, um, 
got to be careful. Indeed. Because, uh, you know, then we'll be in big trouble. Right. And they never invite us again. So, you know, so, uh, so yeah, we actually got to go to a surface. Uh, it was a very small, they didn't have a ton of journalists there. So we were really uh, pleased to be invited. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, event in New York. Um, that was like a week before. So when it came, the news came out like Tuesday. Yeah. It was like the Wednesday before, okay. was it? Or maybe, no, maybe it was something like that. It was like something. the Wednesday before. Sure. I, well, days just fade in. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> so we got to see him. We did not get, FYI, we did not actually get to take any home. So we gotcha. did not have one around that we Understood. could do tests on or anything. We just got to go to an event where we got to spend a little time uh, where we got to hear Panos Panay, the head of hardware for Microsoft Talk. And then they had a demo area where we were able to spend a little while sure. uh, going and seeing um, the Surface Book 2s and um, and got to, you know, type on them and, you know, touch them and stuff like that. It's interesting. But not really do a lot of, you know, benchmarking. Then there were people there who would sort of chat to us about, sure. you know, Microsoft managers there who would talk to us about them. Makes sense. So, so two things. First, um, I think that... <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at reading you, and I did not see anything on your face when I said that. So, good, good, I, on, good on you. <laughs> we were on the air, you know. We were on the yeah. air. It would be real bad, you sure. know. It's it's just one of those things. I gotta, you know, gotta keep it in. Gotta got gotta keep it in. So and then, you know, sort and then, of like sort of like my son when he's asking me about like you know his Christmas presents sure. or whatever. <laughs> and then second, yeah. uh, you mentioned that you got to type on it. How is it? So the keyboard or just the whole thing? The keyboard. Um, so the keyboard, they boast, is, is better than the original Surface Book keyboard. Okay. Uh, it, they say that they, you know, that they've done a lot of effort to fine tune it, and one of the things they like they like about it is that it's quieter. I say they like because. Uh huh. Oh, it's that time of the show. That's okay. Uh huh. <laughs> I have a feeling I know where uh, where Avram is headed here because, like Avram, I prefer uh, some sort of, of I, feedback. Uh, there he is. Hey, hi! Right in the middle of talking about it. Okay. Of course. Uh, so anyway, it must have been Microsoft not liking what I was going <laughs> to say about the keyboard. I'm kidding. Um, so it's quieter, but I like the clackiness yeah. of the original. So. In my, you know, very few seconds of typing on the new one sure. without having an old one next to it for immediate comparison, it didn't seem as um, response as like clicky and responsive okay. as uh, as the old one, which I liked. So, you know, but uh, my boss Mark actually, in his recollection of the old one, liked the new one better. Okay. Now, the only way that we're really gonna you know, resolve it, this issue. It's set them side by side. It's that, and I think we still have the, one of the old ones in our office. So, you know, we just have to, uh, you know, wait till we, till we get it in, which we have not yet. Um, you know, they're not shipping until, until like the middle of November. Uh -huh. So, so we're not, you know, we don't expect to get, I mean, we hope to get one in before we hope to be able to look at it before they ship and sure. be able to publish a review yeah, I mean, they'll give us an embargo date, I'm sure, but, you know, um, hopefully we'll be able to be out there when it, when it, um, 
when it starts shipping. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll be able to say more about that when we've had a real chance to do it. Um, <coughs> you know, so it seemed okay, but I, I liked, and from my recollection, I like the clackiness of the old one better. Some will, it, this may be very subjective because I like my keyboards loud and mechanical uh-huh. sounding. Um, so, uh, you know, the screens look great. The pixel sense, uh, obviously the design hasn't really changed much. Right. It's still got the, um, what do you call it? No, I, my brain is is frying. It's still got the little gap in, uh, uh-huh. when you close because of the watch. Close the lid because of the watch band hinge. Because of the hinge, um, you know. So they, they they did tell me that they redesigned the hinge to make it stronger, but it doesn't look appreciably different. Okay. Um, I it had to be stronger because of the 15 inch model. Well, it had to be stronger because I've got one section of of my hinge that's a little loose now. So. I'm yeah. I'm actually glad to hear that they put some time yeah. into it. I now, yeah. granted, I'm mean to a laptop in a way but, that most people aren't. Like I just you, pick it up by the screen and walk off. But <laughs> but you sh- it should be able to handle this expensive laptop. Sure, so, right. You know. So anyway, yeah, it, it seems cool. I love that they went with eighth awesome. gen and they didn't do like, a, oh yeah, we've been working on this for a while, so we didn't have time to put eighth gen uh-huh. in, so we just went to seventh. No, they they went to eighth gen as they should. They went to GTX uh, 1050 and 1060 graphics as yeah. they should. Um, their their claims about the performance are really really ambitious. So we'll have to see whether it really does get anywhere close to 17 hours of battery life, and whether it actually is twice as fast as the MacBook Pro at the same size, which they claim. And five um, and five X on the speed of the original. Well, which is the number yeah, that I've been hearing. Out, Okay, but here's the thing. They went from 6th gen to 8th gen. Sure. So 8th gen all by itself on particular tasks is like 50-60% faster than 7th. So, um, you know, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see. They, there's, the bottom line is there's nothing, there's, you know, what, two years after the first one came out, there's still nothing that's really like the Surface Book right. to compete with it. It's like Acer has a couple of detachables, but they're not really anywhere near the level of, of this. You know, there's the Porsche design one that's a, yeah. you know, more, I think more expensive and a direct Surface Book clone. Like, you don't see, like, Lenovo or Dell or anybody coming out with their take on the Surface right. Book, which is a hey. shame because I would like to see some competition. So would I. Cause, because look what Microsoft did with the, the Surface Pro when everybody started to compete on yeah. that. I mean, HP's got... Uh, a device, what, the one that just came out a week or two ago that looks like, I'm a big Surface fan, and I love the the look of that HP. Yeah, so they, I mean, you know, HP has detachables with the soft keyboard, and Asus has them, and Lenovo has them. Mm-hmm. I still think Microsoft is the best, but the others are a lot more, can give you almost the same thing for a lot less, like right. Lenovo Mix can give you almost the same thing for a lot less. Uh, and, and there's actually arguments you made, I think, about like the Elite X2 or something, um, actually having some more business-friendly features than the Surface Pro. So, sure. like, there's there's a lot of there's a lot to be said to be said about that. But there's almost nobody who's I, I haven't really seen anything seriously emulating the Surface Book. And I'd like right. to because I like the Surface Book a lot better. You know, the Surface Book to me so- solves sort of the CES problem. Of what do I do when I'm waiting in line uh-huh. to get into an event for 45 minutes standing up? How do I do some work? 
like, oh, this is like a real computer. But then when I pop it back into the keyboard, it's like a real laptop. It's it's got weight. It's got mass. It's got ports. Exactly. You know? uh, exactly. It's got it's got good battery life, which the Surface Pro does not. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope to get to play with it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it here and I'll probably be able to bring one on the air uh, at the time that we're, you know, our, our review comes out. And, uh, you know, we can talk about it more. And it will be quite a tease. Microsoft, I'd like you to replace this one for me, please. Anyway, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. But uh, we should probably get into uh, into some tech news. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Um, a number of products that we just talked about. The, the new Surface Pro, the brand new Surface Book 2, available for pre-order. Um, this week, we saw the uh, Fall Craters update come out, and with that came uh, Windows Mixed Reality. And of course, to make that work, you need the uh, hardware to go with it, with uh, Mixed Reality headsets from basically everybody, whether it be uh, HP or Acer, um, Lenovo or Samsung, there's uh, headsets from just about everybody. Um, and you can get all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. By the way, I like the design of the Samsung one. Yeah, the Samsung one, the Samsung Mixed Reality seems like it's going to be a huge huge step up from the other ones yeah uh we just have to keep pitching here but oh, no. my colleague sheree smith just reviewed it's his on laptopmag.com and tomsguy.com go to either one oh. uh we cross posted it a review of the new of the acer mixed reality headset okay. um and you know the performance of it was mixed uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, things looked good at certain points, but at other points, if you're moving around too quickly, things were blurry. The amount of titles right now is very small, um, you know, so and it's the cost of it is about the same as an Oculus. So it, it, it's got, you know, the build quality. We like the build quality of the Acer, uh, but really looking forward to trying the Samsung yeah. one because the Samsung one, one has like twice the resolution uh -huh. than this OLED. So, you know, hopefully that really gets the experience, gets the hardware part of it down. But For, it, it makes me wonder why Microsoft is simultaneously coming out with these two different... I mean, Microsoft's really driving the ship here. Mm -hmm. Like, all, all the vendors have told me that the hardware is basically Microsoft told them what to put in it and they only really have control over the design of it so why is microsoft having these kind of two tiers of mixed reality come out at the beginning and one of the tiers isn't that great like they should they probably sh this is probably not in my opinion not a good rollout strategy like roll out put your best foot forward you know when you're rolling out which is an interesting uh segue into uh into our nifty gifties topic itself yeah. uh which surrounds Apple's release strategy on the iPhone and um, the issues that they are having with their sales. Um, normally, obviously, over the last three generations or so, they've announced 
uh, two devices in a single generation of hardware, um, say the 6 and 6 Plus, <laughs> and then the 6S and 6S Plus, the 7, 7 Plus. Uh, this year, they went a little different, and they announced three devices across two generations of hardware, the 8 and 8 Plus, which I honestly think would have been better named the 7S and 7S Plus because, you know, I- incremental uh, changes. Um, and then the iPhone X, which is a total departure. <laughs> well, it's, it's the first real redesign uh, since the device came out, since the iPhone came out. Uh, it's like, it's the big redesign. But while they announced them at the same time, they didn't release them at the same time. And unlike Avram's suggestion about uh, the mixed reality, they did not put their best foot forward. They released the 8 and 8 Plus first. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what you guys have done. I have um, done some shopping on the iPhone personally, um, trying to find out... um, how sales have been and i know from from some people who work in the industry that there was basically nobody and by nobody obviously that's hyperbole there were people but not like anybody is used to uh on launch day for the eight and eight plus um and i think there's a couple of reasons for that i think uh a lot of people are like it's an incremental change meh um, and it has actually driven a lot of iPhone 7 sales, which I think is fascinating because the $150 price difference does not seem to excite people for the specs. But I think also people are either waiting for or at least waiting to see the iPhone X in action, like to be able because a lot of people want to hold a thing before they make a buying decision. Right. And so. I think a lot of people want to see at least see the X before they decide to go with the eight. What do you think? Yes, I think uh, this is a classic case of a company Osborning itself. Mm-hmm. Now, for our audience who weren't uh, following tech in 1982, <laughs> um, I definitely wasn't, but that's okay. Uh, I still know there the was term. A, oh, okay, but a lot of people don't. So sure. There was a company called Osborne Computer. They made this was at a time when there were a lot of different computing standards competing. It was it was a fun, interesting time, and they came out with one Osborne it's computer. Kind of, kind of the wild west of computers. Yes, they came out with one Osborne computer. Uh, I don't remember the model names of these. They came out with one Osborne computer. Mind you, these computers were selling for four and five thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-two dollars. So you're right. talking about like you know, ten or $15,000 or something ridiculous amount today. Yeah. Um, they, they, so they came out with one and almost as soon as they came out with it, they announced the next models coming in six months and it's so much better. Well, nobody bought the one that the, you know, nobody bought the one that they came out with cause they were waiting for the new one. They lost a lot of money and they had to go to business. So, you know, Apple, you know, now companies are Osborning in one way or another. Companies are Osborning themselves all the time, all the time, all the time. But they hate to do it. Normally, they really try to avoid it. Right. Isn't that isn't that kind of why 
you notice that Apple, so this is why what's going on with Apple is so out of character for them, is normally, unlike other companies like Intel, Microsoft, they will give you a lot of notice sometimes about what's coming down the pike. Right. You know, oh, listen, we're coming out with our, you know, we're going to come out with our eighth gen core and it's going to roll out slowly and we're not going to start for six months or a year or something like, and then after that, we're going to have a ninth gen core and a ten, like they give you a roadmap. Right. Right. So Apple, as far as, so, you know, there's a lot of reason, and I'll tell you right now for if you're shopping for a laptop, there's a lot of reasons to say, hey, wait a second. If the laptop I want isn't available with 8th Gen Core, I might I might want to wait to, for it to get refreshed to 8th Gen Core because there has been such a dramatic difference mm-hmm. um, in, in performance in the ones that have been. Uh, but, you know, so, so there are companies Osborning themselves all the time. But Apple... Apple never tells you what's coming. Right. As far as we know, Apple will never come out with a product again. Right, exactly. Like, they may have they may consider the iPhone X to be the greatest phone that could ever possibly be made and just plan to keep manufacturing it in perpetuity till the end of time. Right. You know, I mean, they you never Apple does not, you know, does and when Apple does announce something, it's usually like and you can buy it tomorrow. You know, or and you right. can buy it a week from now. Right. It goes they on. For, it goes up for pre-order today and ships next week. Because they don't want, you know, they don't want that gap of people saying, "Well, why should I buy like your other phone? Now I know something better is coming out. Why should I buy this? Like, you know, I don't want to buy this when I know that that something better is coming. So they've done it to their themselves this time, which is very surprising. It from what I've read about the manufacturing process and the shortages, it almost seems like they really wanted to come out with all of them at the same time. They really wanted to, you know, they really wanted people to be buying the iPhone X, but they could, but they can't get the parts of the production for it. Yes. You know, there's a, there's actually uh, an analyst who is kind of considered to be, like the analyst for Apple um, who has said as much that there are a couple of parts that are uh, difficult to manufacture and there's like one or two companies that can do it. And then there's some parts that have like bizarre materials in them, which makes uh, producing the part difficult because you have to acquire this, bizarre uh, material inside. Yeah, so I'm trying to dig this up, but uh, a few years ago I got on the uh, I got on the list at oh yeah, here. Okay. I got on the the mailing press mailing list cuz I I had interviewed them for something uh, for China Labor Watch, which is a uh, which is a not which is a non-profit organization that kind of uh, logs what's going on with, uh, you know, tech company manufacturing in China and some of the, the abuses that are going on there. Not sure. Not just from, not just from the companies that uh, Apple works with, but from, you know, all, all the major vendors. So, uh, last week they sent me a, uh, a, a release, uh, which I'm looking at now about how, uh, hundreds of workers at Apple at an Apple suppliers factory, Wusha Greenpoint 
are were were striking or protesting oh. because uh, apparently the the supplier didn't uh, didn't give them the kind of bonuses that they asked for. And how this relates to our story today is, according to workers, the factory are. I'm reading what they're saying here, and I I, I apologize if the grammar is not perfect. According to workers, the factory are factory is laying off workers and rearranging workers' positions as iPhone 8 sales are not performing well. Some workers at the Greenpoint factory have been reassigned to the Green Magnesium factory where the salary and benefits are not as good. So, so in other words, as iPhone 8 sales have declined and Apple has decreased its orders to Jable factories, workers' overtime wages have been affected as well. Workers at certain workshops are only working four days a week. Okay, so so that kind of uh, confirms that Apple has decreased their iPhone eight production. So, right. So if you're not, so if you're looking at it just purely from reading the tea leaves about Apple instead of lo- looking at like the late labor situation there, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it seems to be indicative of a problem with Apple cutting the orders for iPhone eight. Yeah, absolutely. Which. Which uh, uh, reports suggest that uh, they have actually cut uh, orders by fifty percent uh, going into um, November. So that's that is a huge cut. Like that's this is the first time we've seen a huge uh, launch quarter um, production cut from Apple uh, since the the C. Yeah, so you know, Apple needs to. Uh, unfortunately, this is—I don't think, foresee this getting any better for them until they release the, uh, until they, you know, start shipping the X in quantity, and they, you know, yeah, I, I think that they knew, like, really, the pressure. Also, if you look at where the industry is going, Apple likes to make this is this is why you and I have our beefs with Apple, but one of the main reasons we have our beef with Apple is that Apple likes to make it sound like they're the first to do things uh-huh. that have been be- done by other companies for a long time. Sure. So, you know, you know, they were going on about how they're the, the first one with an OLED screen worth using or something like that. <laughs> but, um, as if the OLED screens on like the Samsung phones, right. and Pixel, Although I know Pixel does have some issues with the, on the Pixel 2 with their screen. But, you know, as if the OLED screens on the Samsung phones were, were not good and they've been fantastic. So, you know, bezel, nearly bezel-free designs have been going on for a long time. Uh-huh. But this year is the year that it seems to really, really have happened in a big way with like the Galaxy S8 mm-hmm. and the and the Note 8. And L, I think LG's is pretty pretty narrow bezel as well. So even uh, you know, even Nokia, the Nokia nine, I think, is at, well minus the incredibly traditional massive uh, bottom piece on a Nokia um, is nearly bezel-less. Right. So I mean that's a trend that's been going on for a while. Uh, yeah. Everybody hates bezels for some reason. I, I I don't hate them as much as other people, but you know, uh, you know people. So. I mean, you see it's in laptops as well. So, it, so you know, they have to respond yeah. because their stuff doesn't look 
good compared to an S8, Galaxy S8, let's say, if they don't have something like the iPhone X. At the same time, it's clear they weren't ready. Yeah. So what they probably should have done was they should have either announced nothing, which they probably felt like, hey, it's been a year, we've got to announce something, or come out with the 8 and call it the 7 and 7, you know, 7S and 7S Plus and have done with it. Um, so, But by doing it this way, they put themselves in a position where they can't meet the demand, and so people are waiting. Yep. Now, I, now this may not be, you know... Of course, the stock market looks at things in very, it's very, very short term thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are only looking toward the next quarter, uh, unfortunately, and that results in a lot of bad business decisions at a lot of companies. But I mean, if they're able to fill the channel with these eventually, um, I mean, they're going to make their money eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. Do you think there's a lot of people who want an iPhone X and are running out to buy a Galaxy S8 instead? I don't know. I mean, maybe there are, but. Uh, no, I think iPhone people probably are not. usually iPhone people. Um, I read an interesting article. Uh, there's there's a, uh, a CNET writer who has been shopping around for a new phone and has been documenting the process. Uh, went in and talked to uh, to a store about the uh, the Galaxy S8, and then went in about the the Pixel Two. <laughs> and the iPhone eight. And so it's been a fun journey to, to read. And, uh, the salesperson said, you know, you've got an iPhone six or six S or whatever it is right now. Uh, the, the likelihood of anybody trading from one side to the other is so slim because most people are so ingrained in their ecosystem at this point, which makes sense to me. It was just an interesting quote from the salesperson. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? There aren't too many people who don't have a smartphone who are now going to the first to decide for the first time yeah. which platform they want to embrace. So, yeah, I mean, I think there are some people who switch, I'm sure. Uh, I'd love to see some studies on who they are and, you know. So would I. Why and and all that. But it, it's very hard to get people to switch switch platforms. I don't think it's – I could be wrong, but I don't think it's that hard to get people to switch manufacturers – within android like i don't right. think it's oh i i'm on samsung i'll never consider an lg or something like i i i'm sure i don't think there's a brand loyalty like that but right. i think there's a platform loyalty and um and i i just don't i don't foresee people who have iphone because apple hasn't done much to motivate them to go and replace it yet um going out and buying an android phone instead right it seems like the the most likely uh, course of action is that they're just going to hold on to it for long term, which we've seen a trend with Apple customers in general over the last three or four years um, of holding on to their devices significantly longer because there have been just these marginally incremental upgrades um, with the X being the obvious exception, um, which I think also lends some credence to the idea that a lot of people are waiting to to see the X in action, but it's going to be difficult. Uh, it's, it's possible that after the, uh, the initial, uh, the initial inventory sells through on the, what is it? It's this Friday, the 27th or something like that. Um, that yeah, the 27th that they may be using everything they build 
uh, potentially through November to fulfill those. Yikes. Well, you know, so. uh, say love you for Apple. I, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're in danger of going out of business anytime soon. For sure not. You know, they, you know, their, their struggles make, make news, but people have such high expectations of them. I mean, yeah. Was it their stock goes down if they, they make billions in profit, but not as much. Whereas other companies were trying to recover from like negative quarters. If they just don't lose enough money, then yeah. their stock goes up. Exactly. So like <laughs> people have, ex- you know, I, I, I kind of feel sorry for Apple in a little, in a small way. It's like people's expectations are so sky high uh-huh. of everything that they do. They can't just be like a regular company and, right. and be profitable and be proud of themselves for, you know, for turning things around. Uh, you know, one, one final point I'll make on this is everybody's holding on to their phones longer, yeah. not just Apple people. Uh, I mean, and, and there's several reasons why one is obviously the decline, the end of the two year contract. So there's not a great incentive and subsidies. So there's not a great incentive for people to replace their phones every two years. Right. There's every incentive not to. Uh, and so, you know, because you want to hold on to it, you don't want to have to spend money uh, if they, you don't have to spend. And then the the, the differences, even in, in other phone types like Android or whatever, the differences between, you know, like a Galaxy S5 and a Galaxy S7 just were not significant enough to say oh wow i gotta spend 800 bucks right on that so and and you look and you see a lot of the payment plans for some of these things are now 30 30 months or something like 36 month payment plan yeah so if that's what the carrier is offering you as a payment period that that means that they know and they don't expect that you're going to buy a new phone any sooner than that right so you know Take take that for what it's worth. People are holding on to phones longer, just like they're holding on to laptops longer. Um, you know, just like they're holding on to, you know, every electronic longer. Sure. I mean, I I replaced my first gen Surface Pro with the Surface Book only how long ago? Four months ago. So, yeah, I I I totally understand. Things are things are expensive. Yeah. You know, they're expensive. Things are expensive and life is expensive. And so if you want me to like to stretch and, and buy something, it's got to be, you know, it's got to offer me. It's either the thing I have has to be really run down to the point where it's just not functioning like I need it to anymore. Or the new thing has to give me a new level of functionality yeah. that I don't have. And so, you know, w- what's that proposal? The camera's a little bit better. The CPU is a little faster, but you don't actually need a fast CPU on your phone anyway. Right. Like, you know, we're, so we're not we're not rendering video on our phones, right? You know, this race to have the fastest phone, like, yes, yeah. it's the fastest phone on benchmarks. Who cares? Who cares. <laughs> you know, what you care about is do your things load quick, your web pages load quickly, uh-huh. and that's more about your carrier yeah. than about your processor. So, you know. Uh, yeah, there's just not much, not much to be, to be said, you know, now the iPhone X with this new design, with that screen and the facial recognition, those are things that are going to motivate people. Right. Exactly. It's, it's not just an incremental change to the existing paradigm. So anyway, um, we'll see what happens. Um, this Friday is, uh, 
The beginning of pre-orders next Friday is when they theoretically hit retail shelves, assuming any of them are left. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, available in on-ear, over-ear, and in-ear styles. Um, but obviously, these aren't the only headphones available. Uh, they offer a wide range of wired and wireless headphones and, of course, Bluetooth speakers. Uh, everything from the tiny little hotshot to the full-size Monster Blaster and everything in between. And, of course, all of the cables to connect these devices and the other devices in your life, whether it be your phone to your car, your computer to the power, uh, Monster Products has something for everybody. And the outlet store is a great way to get some great deals uh, on, on either damaged products or uh, refurbs, things like that. You can save, in some cases, 50% uh, or more. And to find out about all of those deals and all the products that are available, you can go to pluckitslive.com monster. And of course, that music means that it's time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram, what, hey. what have you got for us this week? You're going to help us uh, avoid being taken advantage of, right? Yes. So, you know, obviously, this is, I just... This week I put out a put out an article called "Laptop Starting Prices Are a Joke." Don't be the punchline, <laughs> uh, and it's on uh, it's on laptopmag.com, and I invite everyone to read it. So, what what I talked about is something that is not new, uh, but I think is important for people to keep in mind whether they're buying a laptop or buying a piece a desktop PC. Um, I guess those are the two main categories where this is an issue. Is when you when you do your research, when you're when you're shopping online, when you're going to vendor websites, when you're reading, even when you're reading reviews, you'll often see the starting price of of a product, and it may not be labeled as quote starting price. It may be from this price. Well, what does that mean? It means that you can buy that product at that price, but the version of it that you will get could very well be not you know awful uh you know could very well be not the experience that you're expecting so um you know you take the world of cars for example imagine if you're watching tv and there's a car commercial you know car you know comes on you know jeep wrangler eighteen thousand dollars and look you know there's videos of a climbing mountains and everything and people doing whatever then you go and you go to the dealership and you're ready to buy it and like hey okay so where's the eighteen thousand dollar one well we have an eighteen thousand dollar one over here but by the way I'm making up the price of cheap because i don't know how much a cheap wrangler actually costs but uh -huh. uh, uh you know here it is but it doesn't have four-wheel drive here it is but it doesn't have air conditioning or radio but, you know, we have one for you. No one would want it. Right. You know, no sane person would want it. I mean, you don't go to buy a Jeep with two-wheel drive, usually. You 
you know, your average. So uh, you don't want a car without air conditioning in, in this day and age. So, you know, in the world of tech, it's the same thing. Um, you know, we were talking, we love, listen, it's not, it doesn't say don't buy these things. Just know what you're getting into so you know how much you're really going to pay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we like the Surface Pro a lot. However, it's really hard to recommend that people buy the $799 starting configuration of the Surface Pro tablet. For that $799, you don't get the keyboard. You don't get, you get a Core M3 processor and you get four gigs of RAM. You know, I think most people, when they're going and they want a tablet that can replace their laptop, they want the keyboard. Mm-hmm. That's another 129 bucks. For when you're spending over $800, you want some minimally good performance, which means you want at least eight gigabytes of RAM and you want at least a Core i5 processor. So by the time you take this 799 uh, Surface Pro and you configure it with minimally good specs, such as a Core i5 processor, eight gigs of RAM, and a 256 gig SSD, and you add a keyboard, it's Mm -hmm. $1,429, 79% more than the starting price. Right. Now, I'm not just picking on, I don't want to be picking on Microsoft here. There's a lot, it's just happening all all across the industry. Dell, for example, um, you know, we were on here last week with the XPS 13, which again, we love. Wonderful laptop. Our favorite consumer laptop on Laptop Mag, I I should say. Uh, But, the starting price, if you go to their website, if you read around the internet, is from seven ninety nine. What do you get for seven ninety nine? You get a Core i three processor, four gigs of RAM, and a hundred twenty eight gig SSD. A Core i three processor on an eight hundred dollar laptop? That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's bud that's bargain budget. That's like it's like you got a it's like you, you got a Porsche with a three-cylinder engine inside, you know. But hey, you can you can fool everyone because you got the Porsche outside. Right. Like, you know, that. So, you have to be careful to get to actually get this with you know. So here's what we consider minimally good specs, you know, the minimum good configuration for a premium computer, whether it's a laptop or a desktop. You got to have Core i5 at least. You know, Core i5 or Core i7 processor. No Core i3 or Core M or, you know, Y series. Core i5 or Core i7 processor. You need to have at least 8 gigabytes of RAM. And you need to have at least 256 gigabyte SSD. And you need to have at least a 1080p display. Those four things. Processor, RAM, storage, display. Now, if you're buying a laptop that's under 600 bucks. You know, you got to make some compromises. But if you're buying a premium product that's $800 or more, those are the things you should expect. Those are the things you should get. So if you see a configuration that doesn't have those things, you're going to have to, if you see the starting price of your favorite laptop, read the fine print. You know, now obviously most people are going to read the fine print and they're not, you know, hopefully they're going to buy the more expensive model. But, you know, in some ways, it can be deceiving because you had your heart set on it when you heard it was $800. You did this research uh, into it and you start putting it in your shopping cart. You're like, oh, I guess I got to now spend $40 more, but I had my heart set on it since I heard it was $799. I'm going to do it. Well, 
you know, in the retail game, people call that a bait and switch. Uh, so, you know, I, I think you just have to know going in that the starting price of things very often is not is not the model that you want. Usually is not the model that you want. So we have three pieces of advice about that. First, always look, always find the minimum good configuration and price that. Mm-hmm. Second, if you can't afford the minimum good configuration, because it actually is a lot more than the starting price, you could consider a different laptop. Like, for example, or a different desktop. For example, in the KCXPS 13, we love it. It's got a beautiful design. But for, for $700, you can get an Asus ZenBook UX330 UA, which, which you know, has a Core i5 8 gig and 256, has, is about the same weight, 13-inch laptop, is, has a 10-hour battery life, all, you know, basically a similar type of product, although not as fancily made and not quite as powerful. But $100 less than the minimum config, uh, than the base configuration, you can get everything you need from this lesser, a uh, slightly lesser design. So, you know, if you can't afford, uh, don't buy don't buy an underpowered configuration just to get a cooler design. Um, finally, you can look for sales because very often, what the MSRP is on the higher end model uh, comes down over time. So, you know, right now. The Dell XPS uh, 13 that we really like, the one with the Core i7 8th Gen, uh, that's 1249, uh, which is you know, you know, that's five, you know, 450 dollars more than the base base model. But you know, coupons, holiday season, there's a good chance that it'll drop a lot lower than that in the near future. So you know, keep those things in mind. Consider a different, find out what the minimum good configuration is and price that. Consider a different laptop or wait for a sale. Uh, but, you know, just be mindful when you hear from a price or it's starting at this price, that's very often not the price that you would really want to pay. That's not re- I mean, you could pay it, but it's the, it's you, the but price you would you, be sorry. It's the price you want to pay, but it's not necessarily the configuration the that you want to get. Right. It's rather <laughs> not the, it's the price. It's not the price you're likely to pay. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I feel really bad for the person who like goes out and spend thinks you know wow eight hundred dollars and it's this beautiful laptop, and then you know, only have four gigs of RAM. Why why is you know wait why am I out of space? Oh, I only have one hundred twenty eight gig SSD. So people really need to be uh, to be mindful of that, um, particularly when it comes to things to to manufacturers that let you configure to order. Um, this is very true with like business laptops, like the ThinkPads, for example. Um, a lot of like I love the ThinkPad T470, great, great notebook. You know, it's the starting price depending on what day it is because it's always on sale. That's usually that's around eight, somewhere between seven hundred fifty and eight hundred fifty dollars. The starting base model of that is a thirteen sixty six display. Do not buy it with a thirteen sixty six display. You know. Uh, you know, the cost of upgrading the display, depending on the sale, might be 50 bucks or 70 bucks, but you need to do that. So, you know, now my final word on this is that it is a shame that this is even happening because if ma- manufacturers are looking for a way to say that something is less expensive than, you know, maybe it really is, quote unquote, um, and they're looking to get people in the door uh, and, they are not they ought to have more pride in their offerings you know you don't 
you don't go to you can't go to a fancy steakhouse and ask for you know give me a give me a you know can you cut the steak in half and charge me half as much <laughs> you know you can't go to you know you can't you can't go to McDonald's doesn't sell a uh, a Big Mac without the special sauce and without the bun and to cut a dollar off the price <laughs> to say that the starting price of this Big Mac is three dollars like you know guys have some pride in what you're selling like don't sell underpowered stuff if you can't afford to sell if you can't through manufacture it a decent to sell a model a decent model for seven ninety nine that started at nine ninety nine like don't you know have some pride don't sell something that's an that's a that's a poor user experience just to say that you got under a price point or market it but I'm not going to hold my breath for people to change for companies to change that. So your best bet is to be an educated consumer, and and uh, say and think twice when you see the starting price. For sure, and uh, I imagine we can find this article at laptopmag.com. Yes, so you can find it at laptopmag.com, where all of our laptop stuff appears, and of course, tomsguide.com is where we. Uh, have all of our stuff on desktops and phones uh, and our new review of the new mixed reality headset uh, so new Acer mixed reality headset so uh, check us out fantastic well always appreciate the uh, the the retail advice and getting to see d- devices and all the things you always bring to us Abram my and, pleasure and I uh, can't wait to see what we uh, what we talk about next week This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All of the gaming accessories that you could need to make your PC gaming experience better uh, come from Razer. And it doesn't matter whether you're looking for a uh, Man of War gaming headset, which you can get a free stand with right now, or you're looking for the full computer. And uh, if you get a Razer Blade laptop today, uh, you can get up to uh, $900 in... uh, additional uh, software and uh, gifts and things like that Uh, or if you're looking for things to enhance what you already have like uh, if you're looking for the Razer Core the external uh, video enhancement system you can get the the new Razer Core 2 or uh, an older version of the Razer Core 1 on sale right now or um, you can get you know mouse keyboard uh, webcam, all of the other things that you need to make your uh, gaming and streaming experience better, available at f5live.tv slash Razor. I'm not going to lie. I want to try out one of those cores myself, but... Oh, the core? Yeah, we... Uh, so we have... We like the core. That's pretty good. I know... I think I read that there was a new one coming as well. Yes, it is available now. Uh, we got to get the new one. We just did our roundup on laptop mag of eGPUs. Um, 
and uh, yeah, you know, we really we liked the core a lot. That was good. We like the Aorus gaming box a lot because that mm. gives you the video card with it uh, okay. for five ninety nine. Whereas most like the core is like five hundred dollars with no card right. inside. Uh, the Aorus gaming box is six hundred with a GTX ten seventy built in. Nice. You can't replace it, so you know that's what you're gonna have. Got but, it. But um, it's much smaller, so you can carry it around with you if you wanted to. Cool. So we like that one a lot. Of course, the most beautiful. I mean, we'll see the new core could could beat it, but the most beautiful eGPU, just like good to look at, easy to assemble, but very large and not cheap, uh, was the uh, the Asus XG Station Two, um, which like has these like ridiculous like Tesla coils in it. <laughs> it looks like it's about to like make a you know bring a Frankenstein to life or something. <laughs> it's got like this crazy. It's like a it's like an object art. Or something in there, uh, and, but it's it's really big. It can easily fit any card, which not all of them can. Um, so uh, so that was good. But uh, I I recommend everybody check out our our eGPU roundup on laptop Mac. That's my uh, we spent a lot of time on that, and uh, and I think in general having an eGPU is a wonderful idea. Uh, although you got to be careful because not every laptop has a Thunderbolt three port that right. can support it, like. Even those that have a Thunderbolt 3 port, not all of them may not be able are 100% to support it. compatible. Yeah. Like the Dell XPS 13, for example, has only a two-lane uh, PCIe can, PCI bus connection with its Thunderbolt port, where most have four. So it can do it, apparently, although it gives you an error message saying that it can't, and then, but it doesn't do it very well. I would say, it but it won't be happy about it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't give you all the bandwidth. Gotcha. Uh, on the other hand, we found that, like for example, the ThinkPad T470, which is a business notebook, work wonderfully with all the GPUs. Interesting. So, okay. Uh, so, and, and I guess that's the dream, right, of an right. GPU is right. you have your business or your lightweight notebook by day, and then by night you bring it home and you plug it in on your desk and you play games. Exactly, and be able to do more powerful, non-businessy things with it. Yeah, exactly. Or VR. like that's, Right. Oh. Absolutely. Um, in, the, in the gaming topics... Um, one of the things that's a problem for PC gaming, right, is uh, has been cheating. And uh, so Microsoft has brought out for uh, UWP, Universal Windows Platform uh, Games, um, a platform whose name I have all of a sudden panicked, forgotten. Um, hmm. It's called True something, I think. I don't know why. I True Play. There we go. I don't know why I... <laughs> Panic forgot that all of a sudden, uh, which is an anti-cheat system, but unlike something that maybe a developer would build themselves or something that you may be able to get from Valve or somebody else, um, this is built into the operating system officially as of uh, the Fall Creators update, which has been out since Tuesday. Um, it's built directly into the operating system, which means that it's able to monitor actions outside of the game environment itself that could potentially uh, be cheating. So if you're doing a GPS-based game, uh, it would be able to monitor the operating system to see if you're spoofing the GPS. Something uh. that the game itself, like the game developer, simply doesn't have access that that low level into the operating system to be able to check with with uh, true play 
you you have you know Microsoft is checking for things truly at the at the the lowest level of the operating system to make sure that you're not cheating. Uh, you know, if you're running macros outside of of the game and things like that, all, all of that uh, is able to be tied together uh, with the True Play engine, which is pretty cool. And I've seen sample code on how to implement this. Holy cow, unbelievably simple. So while while some companies might go and try and spend all the time to to build this themselves, an indie developer is certainly not going to try and build an anti-cheat system themselves. And therefore, if there's multiplayer, for example, it's going to be plagued with cheaters. So this gives uh, everybody an ability to get into anti-cheating, which I really like. Um, and uh, it can be turned on and off by the developer at will. So if you don't care if somebody cheats during single player because it doesn't affect anything, then don't run it there. But if it does matter on multiplayer, turn it on then. It's And it's literally just a, a matter of a couple of lines of code to to get started. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with it. I, did, uh, I didn't do a deep dive, but I definitely spent some time on the Microsoft Developer Network uh, over the last couple of days reading about how this works. And I'm really impressed with it. And I'm glad that it's built into the operating system, which also, by the way, means that it's built in to the Xbox One as well, uh, and uh, HoloLens, and uh, all of the mixed reality headsets. So this can be used kind of globally so long as you're building in the, the UWP environment, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I guess it really, I guess I don't know enough, I, I have to admit ignorance here, I don't know enough about all the possible ways that people cheat. Um, <laughs> There's lots. You know, and and how and whether this whether this covers like what doesn't it cover right that that's a fair question and uh and i i can't give you all of the all of the myriad of things that it can and can't do but uh it has the ability to to learn in the within the context of a particular game what is normal and look for abnormal behavior which is pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess one thing they might want to be looking for is is far is games where you need to farm things, right? Sure. That you've not done something to make your computer farm it without you actually having to sit there. Right. Is that. Yep. Abs- absolutely. Is that, what, is that what they're talking about in terms of cheating? Like. Sure. That would that would certainly be uh, a pretty common um, using external macros to to perform repetitive tasks such as. <laughs> such as uh, any of the grind work in an MMO. Uh, and since those macros don't exist, like those those screen-clicking things don't exist within the game itself, they exist externally, it would be difficult for an internal engine to be able to detect what software running outside of the game was doing. But since this is at the OS level, you're absolutely right. Uh, those those repetitive task automators uh, could certainly be uh, detected. So I guess the question would be, what I would like to see to be proven that this is interesting is, what are the you know a popular game that people would do that within? Where is it like are there mac sort of macros that people download? You know, mm-hmm. I guess illicit software that people download sure. to do this now, 
And does this effectively block it? Right. That would be great to see. It would be obviously it would be a difficult task uh, to accomplish, but yeah, it would be nice. It would be something that I'd like to see in action too. One of the coolest things that I've this somewhat related. One of the coolest things that I've seen that I really wanted to emulate. You know, not because I actually wanted to do to 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 cheat this way. I uh-huh. just I just liked the the technology that this person did. Is that they people who have you know played phone and tablet games where you really can't do macros, I guess, unless you root it or something, where they've managed to like somebody created a like a robotic finger to just tap something over and over again. Uh-huh. So, you know, I guess if we create a robotic finger, they really, I don't know how they're going to catch that, but sure. Sure. Unless there's a pattern that just seems so repetitive, like that could be you can't detect any macros, but wow, this person just keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again with no variation. Um, it's, it's the exact spot on the screen. It's the exact yeah. pacing. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be, uh, it'll be fun to see, uh, where this gets used since it's, uh, since it's a UWP thing. I suspect that the place we'll see it uh, implemented initially will be in more uh, indie-style titles, which is a place where it would be really nice to see because, you know, indie devs can't can't build their own anti-cheat system because, you know, it's a pretty big undertaking. Um, and trying to get to implement valves isn't free. So uh, to be able to bring in uh, this thing as easily as you can from Microsoft. Uh, I, I suspect we'll start seeing it in some, <clears throat> some of the indie games that we see in the, the windows store uh, and on the Xbox one. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep an eye out for who's, who's implementing it. Uh, Microsoft tends to talk about people implementing their new technology. So I'm going to keep an eye on it over time and uh, see how well it works. Uh, as we as we learn some more, but I I like the idea that that Microsoft is working to try and make gaming in UWP a more uh, attractive thing for developers because you know the idea of write your game once and be able to deploy it to the Xbox and to Windows 10 all at once is a really cool idea, and then to be able to 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 pin that game within mixed reality and all that stuff is is all a cool idea, uh, but being able to to bring these types of things in that normally you'd have to import, you know, these big libraries and stuff from the outside world to be able to, to, to do it with two checkboxes and the app manifest. And about, I think there was about 20 lines of code in the example code to be able to get started is really a cool idea. So I'm going to keep an eye on this. And uh, when we have some hard evidence of it being in use, we will check back in. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to Psychotronic Man. I had to read it a couple of times to make sure I was saying the right thing. Uh... They've got a little bit of everything. And the way it normally works is for a couple of bucks, you download the uh, the MP3 
uh, either on your computer or on your phone or wherever and play it along with your Netflix, Amazon, uh, wherever you happen to have the movie and laugh. From time to time, they shake things up and they do a live show. Their next one is this coming Wednesday, October 25th, uh, with no encore presentation in theaters nationwide. It's Night of the Living Dead. I badly want to see it. If my schedule makes it happen, I'm going to, because that should be uh, pretty fantastic. It is one of their favorite uh, riffs to do, so uh, getting to see them do it live should be pretty fantastic. And to find out what theaters it's available in, and uh, to find out what movies they have riffed, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. All right, so I touched something right before that segment, and I can't hear anything anymore, so give me just a second. I think, oh, yay, <laughs> sound back in my headphones, all right. Uh, sounds like I have a cable that gets to re- be replaced tonight. Uh, anyway, so uh, in, in internet news this week, uh, I guess the internet news this week, because other than this, there was not really anything, uh, was, of course, the Wi-Fi vulnerability known colloquially as crack, uh, which is an interesting one. Uh, and the the most interesting part of it for me is the fact that depending on the platform, uh, the response is different, which I find fascinating. Um, the, the, basically, the idea is uh, if you're using WPA2 security for your Wi-Fi, which you are, um, <laughs> There is a there is a a flaw in the design that prevents uh, the data from staying encrypted. Kind of. So basically, what happens is uh, you can uh, you can ping a device and have it reset its uh, its security key and then push back to you what the new key is. And then using that key, you can uh, sniff the data that is being sent between that device and the, the wireless router or wireless access point and uh, decrypt each packet as it's transmitted. That is the general vulnerability. Interestingly, the uh, open source uh, platform that is used by Linux and Android and OpenBSD, I think, uh, has a slightly different implementation of this bug, in which case you can actually uh, force the device to use a key of your choosing, particularly 0000, um, and uh, continue to use that so that not just you can do it, but you can have multiple devices all sniffing data, which does not make things better. Anyway, um, this was revealed literally just hours after we published our show last week. Uh, it was about 7 a.m. Uh, Monday morning. And uh, so far, uh, a number of companies have... Uh, Windows devices have uh, mostly already... Like, if you're up to date, uh, you're, you're pretty well good to go. Uh, Apple has a fix in beta. And uh, Cisco and Netgear have already uh, released patches 
and uh, a whole list of other companies are either working on them or in one particular case, I can't remember what the company was, uh, was not worried about it, which I thought was a fascinating response to something this big, but maybe their devices just simply don't do anything of any value. So, you know, yeah, if it's a, a nest thermometer, yeah, thermostat, and it's just pushing what the current temperature is, maybe who cares? But, you know, if it's your, uh, your laptop and you're doing banking information, you probably care. So, um, so Microsoft's already patched it. Uh, Apple has a fix that, uh, should be out. Uh, it's in beta right now. Uh, I received the most recent version of it right before the show. And then, uh, so that should be out shortly. And that's for Mac OS, iOS, TV OS, and watch OS. They're, they're like, they're, they're ready to go. Um. And then others have already patched it. And then one company said, eh, we're not worried about it, which I thought was fascinating. So I guess, I guess the question is how much does it matter what your router is versus how much does it matter what your computer runs? All of it. Because what, because from what I'm reading, from what our, um, you know, from what our security, uh, security editor, Paul Wagonseal says on, on Tomsky.com, you know, what's really important here is that you your device is patched yes uh and if you're on windows you're golden if you're on android if you're running so an long, android phone so long as you're keeping you your issues. so long as you're keeping your windows up to date you're golden yes well if you're on windows if you're on windows it's pretty much up usually updating itself yeah. unless of course you're someone who's disabled the update or right. you're a business that's seems to not want to just allow normal automatic updates uh -huh. which some do some choose to do but yes <laughs> but, in, uh, in general if you're on windows you're unless you have gone to to lengths yeah. to put yourself in danger do we know golden. when this was patched is it just was it just patched this week or no. how how uh how my, long ago it, microsoft uh became aware of the change to the standard uh, at least a month ago um, that allowed for the the fix and implemented it immediately. And then uh, it just came out in a regular update Tuesday or update update Tuesday, right? Uh, just in a regular, they didn't really say anything. Here you go. WPA2 is fixed. And then they forced um, as as part of update Tuesday, you got this, this week, you got uh 17 on windows 10, you got 1709 and then a commute, uh, cumulative for 1703. Um, that 1703 cumulative was a forced push of that patch again, just to make sure that everybody got it. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, now I, yeah, I mean, it's obviously very, very disconcerting that this kind of thing this kind of thing can happen but it looks like most places are being pretty responsible yeah uh you know our advice to tom's guide is uh make sure you know if you're running a device that's not necessarily patched like an android device because i mean how often does android get a patch right you know never they're um, they're estimating that it could take uh four plus weeks before the the security update comes down on android but but whose security update, right? Because it depends on what phone you have. Yep. Before you Android know. the before Android themselves have fixed the problem at at the, the core level. Right. So but if you're running I mean, 
we've talked about this before. Android phone makers really don't care yep. about about giving you an update. Once they have your money, they they don't want to be bothered. So, you know, you you know, if you have a phone that's two years old, you're probably not getting any updates. Yep. Uh, I mean, we would hope that maybe this would spur someone to do something, but I'm not I'm not so sure because there's security need for security patches all the time. So, I. I think I remember that uh, that maybe in Android seven or eight there was supposed to be a way to have security stuff go separate from the core OS, but I'm not I'm not even sure if that's if that's been implemented or whatever. So, you know, the advice is it's probably fine on your home network or your business network because um, the person to do this has to be on your Wi-Fi network. Uh, and there has to be a kind of poorly implemented HTTPS connection when you're sending data. So it's not um, as super likely as it could be, I guess. But, you know, if you're using... We've always known that free public Wi-Fi was dangerous. Uh-huh. Here's more proof. Yeah. <laughs> Even free public Wi-Fi with the WPA2 password right. is dangerous. So Still doesn't solve the problem. So here's something. When you're in the hotel, when you're in the coffee shop, when you're in the airport, there's a free Wi-Fi. Now look, or even a paid Wi-Fi, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to, you need it, right? I mean, sometimes you need it. But if you have an unlimited 4G plan or something like that, and you can tether it to your laptop or you're just using your phone, then use the carrier data. Yeah, exactly. Or... Conversely, use a, uh, if you use a VPN that provides another level of protection. Um, you know, now VPN services cost money. Uh, you know, I think there are ones like, oh, was it free? What's it called? Private Internet Access, I think it's like $5 a month. Um, so you have to be willing to pay for that. Or perhaps you have VPN through your job. My job has its VPN. and every, So when I'm in the airport or whatever, I... Especially, I'm doing work anyway. I make sure I'm dialed into the that VPN, and that's going to be true even after crack is fixed. Yeah, for sure. Um, you should definitely. Yeah, e- even after crack is fixed, it. We still recommend if you're going to do, if you're going to jump on your banking app or you're going to jump on, if you buy something on Amazon, even doesn't matter. Don't be on a public Wi-Fi. If you're in the airport and you need to check your bank balance before you, you. Have, buy something jump off the, make sure you're not on the wi-fi <laughs> make sure you're on your 4g connection do it that way because you know they're there you're protected so uh in general for for a lot of people in a lot of places this problem has has already limited itself by microsoft and apple being on top of it quickly um but you know it's it's still even without this problem. Be smart about your data, your your use of Wi-Fi. I guess is the <laughs> the main takeaway, right? Yep. This week's DRM not included on F Five Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We talked about it last week. We've made it even easier this week. Uh, if you're not a Prime subscriber, 
uh, there's lots of reasons to be a Prime subscriber, whether it be the, the free shipping or the exclusive products that are only available to Prime subscribers. Uh, but even if you are a subscriber, you may not know that you get uh, Amazon Prime Music included, Amazon Prime Video included, and if those aren't enough, you get discounts to the upgraded versions of, uh, of music, or sometimes you get uh, uh, discounts on videos, and you can also add uh, additional TV channels like HBO and Showtime. You get a free uh, subscription on Twitch every month. Uh, you get uh, Amazon Prime Photos, which is unlimited storage. And uh, there's also a service called Amazon Fresh, which most people don't know in some markets. Um, we have put together a list of some of the, uh, the best features that you may not know about and uh, given you a way to sign up for a three, what? A free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime by going to f5live.tv slash Amazon. So with the, uh, the uh, end of, of Groove Music being so close, <laughs> I, I have been shopping around for my replacement and I have been trying out Amazon Prime Music and I've got to say, uh, it's definitely, it's, you know, it's, it's a smaller catalog, but, you know, for being included, it's not a bad option. Uh, anyway, but that's not... The only option, there's also Spotify, right? Which I have also been testing out. Um, and this week they introduced a new feature called Rise, which is a feature that I'm personally very excited about because uh, the commercial artists tend to not be my favorites. And so uh, Spotify Rise is going to feature up and coming artists who you probably have not heard about yet. Um, they're going to, they'll have four at a time, but they're not going to just like, here you go. Here's their, here's some of their music. They're going to put together a playlist of their music with things that match with it. And then they're also going to do uh, some custom content to introduce you to the artist. So not just here's their music, bye-bye, but here's who they are. Here's how they got started. Some background, uh, multimedia stuff on the artist, which is something that I think is pretty, pretty cool. Cause I, I like to, to connect with artists. Uh, you know, anybody who, who knows me knows that I, I tend to, to friend musicians. Uh, so, so for me, this is a, a pretty cool, a pretty cool new feature and something that, that pushes me a little, little toward the Spotify side as I, uh, as I make my decision on where to go from Groove. Is is this uh, something you might use, Avram? Yeah, I mean, I, I am a Spotify. I, I'm going to, you know, admit now that I am a Spotify, Spotify subscriber uh, and have been for a while. Well, you're one you of know, several hundred million, so it, it would make you know, sense. You know, it, we, we moved over... Um, we were on my wife and I were on Rhapsody for a long time, uh -huh. and then we moved over to Spotify. We like um, because it was easier for her. I think she was having problems combining songs that weren't part of the Rhapsody service with the Rhapsody mm. service. Gotcha songs, and she wanted to be able to take things that she had, like you know, locally ripped from CDs that weren't a part of the network. Yeah, and you play them in the same playlist. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, so we've, we've been members for a few years. Uh, you know, I'm always discovering things through Spotify that I didn't expect. Um, but there's never, but it's usually not through something that says like, discover this. Uh huh. It's more like, you know, can I tell you, I'm an old guy set in my ways. <laughs> I will find music that I like. And then all of a sudden I'll see like the related artists and I'll be like, Oh, I really liked like these, you know, this disco group from the seventies, but here's a new one. That's very similar, you know, like, or I really like this metal group from the eighties, but here are five new ones that sound pretty similar, you know? So for me, it's like when they're showing you things that are related to what you already liked, and then I'll find things that are at least new to me, if not brand new to sure. the, to the industry. Um, you know, but I think it's cool that they're doing something more to help, you know, to help bring these out. So, you know, I would, I would check it out and see, I mean, the, the wonderful thing about Spotify and other streaming services, to be fair, is that they make music discovery and music, um, you know, becoming a fan of new types of music, uh, really easy. Yeah. Because, because like, why not? You already paid for it. You know, it used to be back in the day. Oh man, kids before streaming, (laughs) we used to have to go and buy an album, like buy a CD. Sometimes you might have heard only one song or two songs or no songs. Uh And you'd get it. And then you'd be like, oh, man, uh, these 10 songs, maybe there's one I like, you know, or I really like this group, but this new album sounds absolutely nothing like their last album. That is why I like them. So, you know, uh-huh. but but what does it cost you on Spotify? Nothing. Nothing. You know, your time a little bit, tiny yep. bit of it, you know, a couple so, of minutes at worst, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I think I think it's great for them to for them to do anything that they can to make the experience better. I mean, not, and, and not just introduce you to artists that you may not be familiar with, but to introduce the world to artists that they are certainly not familiar with. Yeah. I mean, that's, to help, that's, to help these new artists, uh, get a, get a, a foothold into, into the, the streaming world. And why not? I mean, look at all of the, the garbage music that's come out of, <laughs> are other ways of finding and promoting new artists yep. like, you know, like reality shows, mm-hmm. you know, like, I was just gonna say. you know, like, are we, you know, are we really proud of all of the, all of the American idol and the voice winners and all those people who have gone through these things that they deserve to be promoted, but not who Spotify identifies. So well, one of them, ha- Javier, I, I think I mean, he's I, talented, I, but yeah, in general, no. They don't have talent, but but you know, like, there's so many avenues out out there now. I sure. mean, Andy Warhol once said, "Everyone in the fame in the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes, right. and now we're living it, right?" Indeed. So, so you know, why not give these artists their 15 minutes of fame? Absolutely. You know, and I'll tell them, you, I already found out of the the four that they're featuring right now, I like one of them already. I'm going to check it out. I also noticed, and I don't know how how uh, common this is, 
on Spotify because I guess I'm not looking at it as much as I'm listening to it. Sure. That some songs will actually give you like a almost pop up video type of experience now where you can like where it gives you song facts while you're song facts and lyrics while you're while you're listening. Interesting. I I haven't come across it on a lot of things yet, but um, it's I think it's from Genius Lyrics. Okay. Uh, so uh, hmm. I'd actually kind of like to know where you could actually find a list of all the things that have that. Cause yeah, it, right. It's actually, actually kind of cool. It's like a, you know if you ever used to watch pop up video right. on VH1 where it'd give you these little facts or whatever. It was kind of a kind of neat. We're, so. we're dating ourselves, Abram. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's true. But V8, you know, for for the the same people who don't know about buying an album blindly, um, VH1 used to play music, <laughs> and they used to have something called pop up video, which wasn't all the videos, just a few of them, where there'd be a little what would you say, a Chiron or something that would come up, a little bubble that would come up every uh, few seconds during the video and tell you a fact about the either the artist or the video or the song. That you might not have known, you know, and that 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 fun sound, stuff. yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, so it'd pop up. But fun fun stuff. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so anyway, uh, the the rise feature is live now. If you've got Spotify, uh, go check it out. Uh, if you don't, Spotify.com/rise. Uh, it's pretty easy <laughs> to get there, and you can see the four artists that they are featuring right now. Um, like I said, I've only listened to one so far, and I already like it. So, uh, for me, I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a good feature. I'm gonna try it. Sounds cool. And that is our show. Thank you uh, for those of you who have joined us live. I've seen uh, a number of people in the chat room this evening. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, if you're not joining us live, that is okay. Uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us and join us live, or you can subscribe. Plugitslive.com slash subscribe to uh, this and all of our other series as well. Um, I'm happy to say that once again, next week will be a normal show. (laughs) Been a while since we've been able to say that a couple weeks in a row. So, uh, (sighs) nice to be back into a groove. Uh, Not uh, groove music. Uh, anyway um i guess with that uh on behalf of the staff that's not here i'm scott i'm abram and we will see you guys back next week ciao